Good afternoon, and welcome to the Seifer Scoop podcast. I'm your host, Blaze Seifer. Today, we welcome Alex Arenthal to the podcast, a Cornell University cross-country and track and field running recruit who has established his position as one of the premier teenage runners in Massachusetts over the past half decade. Alex ran for four years at Concord Carlisle High School and recently finished up a postgraduate year at Northfield Mount Hermon. The 414 miler has pieced together an unorthodox career in running, defined by multiple leaps of faith. Now, hear the scoop from Alex as he discusses his history with the sport, his future aspirations, and his tips for young runners. All right, I'm here in the studio alongside Alex Arenthal, a 19-year-old Massachusetts-based running star who is gearing up to take his talents to Cornell University this fall. Thanks for taking the time to chat, Alex. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this. Of course, my pleasure. Um, I'm definitely excited. This is the first ever um, episode of the Seifer Scoop podcast, which has been in the works since April. Um, the goal of this project is to interview local athletes about their respective journey with athletics, including all the bumps and hiccups suffered along the way. So much of sports is about celebrating achievements, but I think it's equally as important to celebrate the process. Like Joel Embiid, respect the process, which we're going to be chatting about today. That said, I'm going to absolutely bombard you with questions about your history with sports, the importance it has played in your life, etc. You think you got this? Bring it on. Okay. So you had a little bit of an interesting, um, well, I guess we won't get into that, but you started just as a normal kid. You started with soccer, right? Was that your first sport you ever played? I mean, I would say that I was a pretty multifaceted athlete as a kid. I played some baseball. I played some soccer, you know, just kind of general athletics so overall. Did you, when you started athletics, were you living in Winchester? Or did you yes, start I was. Okay. I, I think I... Honestly, I feel like soccer was definitely my first love, but I was a pretty big baseball player for a couple of years. Okay. Yeah. Who was your baseball comparison? Like, if you were one MLB player, would you be Albert Pujols? <laughs> you know, Mike Trout. I was kind of a do-it-all guy. No, I was. I was not very good, but it was. It was definitely a lot of fun. Just sitting on the sitting in the dugout with my second-grade friends, chewing some bubble gum. You know. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so you played baseball, um, but soccer, was it right away when you knew that was going to be your sport, or did it take a little bit of time? No, I, it was definitely right away. I, I don't even remember, to be honest, the moment I, I started playing. It was just, I just remember just growing up with it. So That's you, pretty much all was, I did. Was your first team a town team, like Winchester Town Yeah, team? there was this thing called Sa the Sandlot League, which was like pretty much every kid in the town played soccer, and they would put you on random teams for like... Okay couple months and it was like every saturday you would go out and play these 3v3 games uh -huh. which were a lot of fun yeah and then eventually you made the transition over to club right yes i did and what what prompted that decision were you just banging in goals left right and center and you're like oh i'm pretty good at this let's give it a try i mean i think like i was so when i was like six or seven i joined a, a club called the grasshoppers it it wasn't really like a like a conventional club. It was mainly just training sessions. Okay. We weren't playing any games. I was pretty young, and then it was going pretty well. So, one I remember one day my dad was talking to someone about about the Boston Bolts, and they they kind of recommended it to him for me. And he kind of asked me what I thought of it, and I was like, you know, why not give it a try? So when I was eight years old, I you made the transition. To yeah, and it wasn't I did. academy yet, right? 
No, it was not. Okay. It, we were very young. So. so Boston Bolts, for those who don't know, is a club based in Massachusetts. It has a pretty great reputation. I believe it started as the Boston Eagles. I could be wrong. Um, but it is definitely one of the top clubs in the state. So you made the transition over to Bolts. You started just normal club. Um, how long did it take until you were an academy player? So there was this thing called pre-academy, which was okay. which started at, uh, I believe it was U13. Okay. U13 or U14. And I transitioned into that when I was 11 or 12. So I was playing a year up on that team, kind of warm in the bench, you know. <laughs> but it was it was a great experience overall. Yeah, and so up until that day, you hadn't you weren't really going for runs, were you? You were no running I, was not something that it you was were not in about. the picture. I, I think my dad dragged me out for like a two mile run one day, and I told him I hated it and yeah. wanted to go home. So okay, so eventually you're in pre academy. And then you eventually become an academy player, which, for those who don't know, is the top level that you can play at for um, uh, a young child or a teenager in in Massachusetts. Um, tell us a little bit about academy, how demanding it is, and kind of what that atmosphere looks like. Yeah, it was pretty intense. Um, I ended up after that first pre academy year, I stayed down with my age group because it was probably more appropriate for me. So I played another year of pre academy. That went really well for me individually. I was scoring a lot, getting a lot of assists. The team was pretty terrible. We would lose a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, it was definitely a, an intense transition up to the U14 Academy because they were bringing in play, you know, a bunch of other players from around the state. So I remember there was a good amount of kids from the year before that didn't make the team the next year. So I didn't really expect to see as much time on the field. It was, it was definitely a grind. We would have... You know, every other weekend there would be a game in New York. There were a lot of teams in New York. That was a, yeah. you know, a four-hour drive there and then four hours back just to maybe play 20, 30 minutes some games. So, yeah, it's a big commitment. And yeah, cut, and absolutely. Too, your position yeah. is never secured. Um, so, I mean, you enjoyed it though, right? I mean, it was a tough environment, but you did you have fun with it? You yeah, I mean. passionate about soccer? Yeah, to be honest, the for me the traveling was the funnest part staying really? in hotels with with my teammates and stuff like mm -hmm. that was that was a lot of fun especially like the two showcases a year where we'd go to north carolina we went to texas one year yeah. we went to florida so it was pretty fun overall and but you played some big teams right like red bulls like new york red bulls academy which is yeah. one of the premier academy teams and you have you played any player that is now a professional soccer player I actually I used to play against uh, Gio Reyna a lot okay. when I was younger. He's now in Borussia Dortmund, one of the yeah. top teams in Germany. Yeah, I mean he was definitely very good back in the day, but he he had a pretty <laughs> crazy rise in the past yeah, few years. I sure. remember like he was I mean he was pretty good when he was on a team called New York Soccer Club. We would play against them twice a year, and then all of a sudden the next year, you know after after the whole summer we just came and played NYCFC, and. You know, there were some rumors circulating that he had just been on on international duty or whatever whatever that is. So he was just coming back from that. So the coach wasn't going to play him as much. And he came in the second half with like 20 minutes to go. His first touch was a free kick into the top right corner. <laughs> yeah, it was he he was he was insane. Yeah. So so just to sum it up, I mean, you were an academy soccer player, which is um, sends a lot of players collegiately. It's the place to be for a budding. Um, college player or even a professional player and so that was your life right like soccer was your passion you were I mean traveling all the time 
um, playing for Bolts. So then you enter high school, and you're yeah. still playing for Bolts, right? When you when you move to Concord and you enter high school, you're still playing for Bolts? Yes. Um, and then take me through those last two years with Bolts. Like kind of, I mean, you had this fire, then it did start to die, or kind of what happened there? I mean, my freshman year was definitely pretty difficult, kind of balancing that with, with school, especially me being a new student in a new school district because it was it wasn't the easiest thing to make friends you know telling them all that I played soccer but they didn't really know what academy soccer was they all just expected you to play school soccer if you were good so I didn't really think too much of that I kind of just kept on doing my thing soccer that year was a lot of fun Mm -hmm. and yeah I mean pretty much freshman year was it was all good balancing that and then when we got to sophomore year it's it started to get a little bit more difficult to kind of put up with it because I was starting to get less and less time and my passion was sort of my passion and confidence were both kind of going down yeah and so that's kind of what prompted a decision in mid-march for me to to give that up and just start running but let's rewind a little bit so did you do indoor track your freshman year yeah i i convinced myself last minute to to join the team so is that so that was was that mostly your dad pushing that on you or how did that decision come about i mean it was my dad definitely had some influence on it and my sister as well but honestly it was kind of just a social decision like i wanted to be a part of a team yeah there wasn't really an indoor season that year it was mostly just like practices so i could kind of balance both but yeah you obviously. had to do both at the same time though yeah i mean mccabe our our track coach wasn't super happy about that but <laughs> yeah you know, that's just kind of that was the that was the deal for me then you know yeah so just to skip ahead a little more so i mean bolts is such a big movement you're traveling all over the place and when you're not getting that much time it's like is this worth it is it worth to lose my weekend to a new york, a trip to new york to only play 20 minutes you know what i mean so I mean, this is something that a lot of players go through. When academy is that demanding and you're not getting a bunch of time, it's really just not worth it. Um, and so, yeah, totally makes sense. But, um, again, we're going to just jump back real quick. So freshman year, you did in our track. How did that go? Did, was it um, a love at first sight? How did you run, et cetera? Take me through that. It was definitely not a love at first sight. Really? Uh, honestly, the only the only thing that kept me going was that we had a great running group with one of the seniors on the team who happened to be also a soccer player for the for the program Sam Royce he was he was a pretty big leader for for me and I was running with you know two of my best friends now Chris and Matt yeah so that was definitely keeping me in it that was a lot of fun I wouldn't say we were training super hard just because to be honest I I really did not like running but it was getting me into good shape and socially it was kind of satisfying my needs so what were your notable PRs from freshman year Indoor, do you remember? Uh, yeah, I ran like five oh one in the mile, and I think I ran two forty eight in the one thousand meter. I mean, for those who aren't well accustomed to the track road, I mean, those are decent times for a freshman, right? Like, you must have been up there. Was any freshman faster than you, or were you the best guy in your grade? Um, the, so the five oh one was was not super good, but I, you know, at the time I thought it was really good. I would go to soccer practice and tell my teammates that, and they'd be super <laughs> impressed. Yeah. The 248, I think that year for freshmen ranked third in the state. So that was pretty good. So, I mean, when you saw that that was third in the state, were you kind of like, ooh, maybe I'm pretty good at this? Like, did you kind of get that sense that maybe you got a, a promising career in track? Yeah, it all kind of came out of nowhere. I went from like a, a 258 1K guy to a 248 guy in two weeks. So <laughs> yeah, I didn't really, I didn't, I wasn't really training that hard. So yeah. there wasn't really a big explanation for it. But, 
I don't know. The the only thing that I was really worrying about was those two kids that were ahead of me in the rankings, but <laughs> I didn't. It it really didn't. Do you remember of, who that what who those two names were? Yeah, the fir- well, the I don't remember the second name, but the the guy in first was this kid Lucas Arambaru, oh, who okay. he now runs for Columbia, so he's he's a very good runner himself. Yeah. Okay, so you have a pretty successful um, successful indoor track freshman year. Um, and then outdoor, you didn't do outdoor track cause you played bolts, right? Yeah. And then you went through the summer, then now it's your sophomore year. So sophomore indoor, you, you go again. And how did that go? Second, second stint with indoor track. Yeah. I mean, it went, it went really well. Um, I, that was kind of when I started training with some faster guys. And I just remember we, I went on runs with like my new training group, which was Tim, Xander, Matt, Chris, and I think Will, young Will Chaffin was running with us as well. <laughs> and I just remember we, we would go like 640, 650 pace on some of the runs, and I would just be hanging on for dear life. <laughs> Man, that was that was like the difference between that and freshman year was just so big that it was – I still cannot believe I actually ended up, you yeah. know – sticking in some of those runs with them it so you was take it, was it up very you take hard. it up a notch sophomore year and now you're like ooh, like i i kind of got it when did so you i mean you weren't doing cross country or outdoor so when did you start training for indoor if you're just a one season guy like were you training a lot for the season or kind of just you get there and then you just start running i honestly just hopped right in it was yeah. actually so i think the the first meet was like two or three weeks into the or three or four weeks into the season yeah. and i wasn't actually training with like with those guys yet that was more like in january or like maybe late january but i remember um the first race of the season the only thing i was worried i was in the mile which i didn't particularly like (laughs) and the only thing that i was worried about was beating my sister's mile pr because i was (laughs) i was still a 501 guy i think she had to run like 459 or 458 okay so that's really all i cared about So we were on the bus. Everyone was taking bets. I was like, I'm taking you down. I'm taking it. And then before the race, our coach comes up to me, and she pulls me aside with, like, Chris, Xander, and Matt. And she tells me, like, okay, you four are going to work together in this race. And I'm thinking, you are crazy. I'm not on these guys' levels. Yeah, yeah. So I just kind of chilled in the back with the second pack. Didn't help out at all came through the last 400 meters and just absolutely gassed everyone and ran like 446. I was so surprised. It was it was it was pretty crazy. I would say that was honestly like the like potentially one of the biggest races of my career. Was that at Reggie Lewis Center? No, that was at BU. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so that's I mean, I was actually just going to ask you about your sister. So, track runs in your family. Let's take let's go on a little tangent here and kind of talk about that. So, your dad, he ran in college, correct? Yeah, he did for eight months, and then he he hurt his Achilles like really bad or something, and that ended up being a career-ending injury back then. Uh-huh. So. And he ran for Bates yeah, um, in did. the NESCAC Division yep. Three team, and then your sister was also like you just alluded to was a was a big runner. Um, yeah. Was so did she start running her freshman year too? Um, yeah, I think she started running her freshman year at Winchester actually. Okay, so that was yeah, that was cool. And she, I mean, she was good, right? Like. I mean, for yeah. a while she was she was quicker than you, and yeah. when you were a sophomore, she was it was her senior year, and yep. and she must have been more of a leader on the team. So, did you look up to her a lot? Like, did you use her as inspiration? And I mean, she took it really seriously, as we both know. So, did that kind of was that also like an inspiration to you? And I mean, there was there's definitely some inspiration, but I never really thought that I would get anywhere close to her level because for me it was like 
she kind of followed me playing soccer. That was my thing. I followed her doing track. That was her thing. So yeah. it was mainly just like trying to beat her times, which <laughs> just little sibling. Yeah, competition. yeah, some just some sibling rivalry to yeah. be honest. But and yeah. so your sister did in fact run in college. Um, when she was going through that recruiting process, do you remember? Did you go on any trips with her? Did would, did any coaches come to your house? Like, do you remember being a part of her recruiting process? Like, I remember touring Richmond. Virginia and William and Mary with her. Okay. So I, I guess I, I saw a few of those schools with her, but honestly, like I was just kind of in, I don't even know. I was just in soccer mode during her, yeah, her so recruiting trips and stuff. So when you were going on stuff, these so. recruiting trips, you weren't like taking notes and be like, Ooh, this could be me. And not at all. So not considering no, that at all. Not at all. Okay. All right. So let's go back. So your sister is a runner and she ended up running at UVA for a year or two. Correct. Which yeah. is a d- division one powerhouse dad running college so running does run in your family no pun intended um but let's go back to so sophomore year your first race you're on 446 and at that point like you must have been really pumped so then were you like i can hang with these guys i can hang with the tims and the Xanders and, and the chrises was that kind of like opening up your eyes or did you still see yourself as kind of the guy who's hanging on to that pack i still saw myself as the guy, you know, that was kind of hanging off that, that pack for sure. I just kind of knew that I had more, like, natural speed than them, at least at that point. Yeah. Um. So I kind of just relied on that. Uh-huh. And, and did you start going yeah. hard in training, and you're, did you, that start to push you? Or? Yeah, that's kind of what prompted me to start running with them on, on easy runs. They were also, like – or not easy runs, but, like, any run. Yeah, yeah. They were also – you know, I, I felt like I had a lot more in common with them than mm-hmm. a lot of the other kids on the team. Yeah. So it was – you know they they became some of my best friends so it was definitely a lot of fun running with them i feel like i was just trying to hang on just so that i could run with them so yeah. that was that was pretty cool so 446 mm-hmm. opens up um your sophomore campaign did you have a better time by the end of the year was that was your best time yeah so after i ran 446 i remember like a couple days after we were going through <laughs> in on a run through walden and i remember having the conversation with tim mcclure so he said, "All right, Alex, what's what's it gonna take to get you to run cross country?" And I was like, "Oh, th- that's not happening, man." He's like, "All right, if you run if you run four thirty or faster this season, you have to run." And I was like, "All right, yeah, I'll take that bet. Like that's sixteen <laughs> seconds. No, no yeah. way that's happening." And I think like one week later, we ran again at BU, and I ran like four forty four. Okay, so that was a little bit better. That Shaving was good. Two more seconds off. Yeah, and then. Um, so training was just getting better and better and McCabe puts me on the, on the anchor leg of the DMR at the relay meet in like January. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is big. I don't know if I, if I'm ready for this, but whatever, I'm just going to go out there. And this was kind of before like our, our whole distance group was really like elite in the state. So we were in the second heat. Okay. So it was me battling some other kid in the second heat and, he ended up he ended up beating me, but I ran like four thirty eight on the anchor leg, so that was a big jump for me. And then, um, I think a week or a couple weeks later, we had the coaches invitational, and so that four thirty eight got me into that. Okay. Which I then ran four thirty five, and then that wow. was like I think I was like we were in division three back then for the uh-huh. state meet, um, which we're now in division two, yep. but so there was not as much depth, so. Four thirty-five. I was like the fourth or fifth seed in this in that. So we we get to the to the divisional meet, and I'm just kind of trying to hang in there and just you know just be a contender as best as possible. And I just remember last three hundred meters, 
I'm just kicking it home, and I run like 4:32 for second place. <laughs> so I just remember thinking, like, "Wow, holy crap! I just got second place. I I'm going to all states." At the right? coach's invite, you got second place. No, 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 no. Coach's invite. I was in the slower. I was in the second heat. Okay. And I got like, like fourth or fifth or something. Okay, okay. In 4:35, and then at the at the division three state meet, which is like the divisional meet. Oh, okay, gotcha. I got second place there in 4:32 which auto qualified me for the, for the all state meet, which was like, wow, I never thought any of this would happen. Good thing. I didn't run sub four thirty because I don't have to run cross country now. That's, that was honestly what I was thinking. So talk about why, what's, what's, so the conflict with cross country is it with soccer, right? Oh yeah. It was just, it was impossible. So soccer and cross country are the same season. So you had to pick and choose and soccer was still at the end of the day, your biggest passion. Yeah. So, I mean, even, my so my freshman year with that two forty eight one k that qualified me for the divisional state meet. Okay. And I ended up just, you know, quitting the team in a way <laughs> right before that because I was going on my soccer trip to Holland with my team. Okay. So, sophomore year now I qualified for all states and that was the same weekend as another trip. So I was like, okay, I gotta go on this trip. I made this commitment, so I'm sorry I can't run there. Yeah. So McCabe must have been pretty. Yeah. They they weren't too happy about it, but you know, I was just I was just taking the decision that I thought was in my best interest. Yeah. Um. So I ended up going to this trip to Spain with my team. Had a ton of fun. Absolutely hated the soccer part of it. It was just not. I didn't. I didn't like it at all. I think we lost every game there to Spanish teams. (laughs) And I come back. So I'm like, okay, whatever. That was that was a lot of fun, but I didn't really. I didn't really find the same passion in playing soccer as I used to. But, you know, got to finish the spring season. I just had a great uh, indoor track season. Maybe maybe in the f- I have a future in this. You know, definitely not as bright as my sister's, but maybe there is something. Yeah. And so we have our first game of the season in New York. And I was, like, certain that I was going to start because I think a couple of the guys were out that that would usually start over me with injuries. Yeah. And I ended up playing like 20, 25 minutes. So I'm on the car ride home with my dad, and I'm absolutely pissed. <laughs> he's like, he he's pretty mad too. I mean, you know my dad. He gets yeah, really yeah. emotional about that stuff. And so he's like, you know what? Like, you should sleep on this, but why don't you just quit and run? So I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so your dad was I don't the know first one who threw that idea out there. You know, I don't even remember if he was, but he was definitely hinting at it, and I was kind of thinking about it too. And so... The next day, or no, it was on the way back, I text McCabe, and I'm like, is it still too late to join the team? And she was like, you <laughs> have, she, she, so she said, nah, so she said, you have till Monday. So I'm like, all right, I get home, I sleep on it. Keep in mind, this is two, this is like two days before my birthday, so like, yeah. it's pretty crazy. This is a huge decision. <laughs> yeah. I get home, I sleep on it. The next day, I'm just, I'm trying not to think about it, because it's such a big decision. Yeah. Like at this point in my in my young life, this is like probably the most important decision right here. And that night, I I go upstairs to my desktop to the desktop computer. I write up an email to my coach because, you know, I was I was too scared to call him or text him. <laughs> I send him an email saying, you know, it's it's basically in my best interest to just start running now full time. And you know, in the back of my mind, I was also thinking, ooh, maybe I could play soccer for the high school which is something i'd always wanted to do yeah so i sent him that email he didn't end up ever responding even though never responded. no i he <laughs> i mean i still i still feel like i have a great relationship with him he was a really a really nice coach 
I, I liked him a lot. It just wasn't it was wasn't working for me. Yeah, yeah. So I showed up to practice on Monday, and everyone's like, "Whoa, okay, yeah, this is just Alex coming for a run with us. Like he's yeah. still playing soccer. He's not actually on the team." And then I think like, so I thought that they knew by me coming to practice. I think it it took him until that Wednesday to actually realize that I was on the team now. <laughs> so everyone's like, "Holy, holy crap! He's actually, you know, he's actually doing this." Yeah, yeah. So that was a huge jump for me. I was coming off of some great fitness in the indoor season. And were you psyched, like, just to finally have that soccer dark cloud out of your head, and you were just all eyes on track? Did yeah. were you a little bit worried? Oh, did I make the wrong decision, or were you always like, did you "I mean, that, that there's doubt? just no way," because I I still didn't really like running that much, to yeah. be honest. So there was no way I would have ever made that decision if I didn't see a future in running. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that it could help me in some sort of way get to college. At that point? Like, ooh, maybe I could run in college. Like, was that another factor? That As a sophomore, I was definitely not. Okay. Like sophomore, winter, spring, not at all. Like, okay. I was more thinking about it for soccer then until yeah. until I kind of came to the realization that I wasn't a freak athlete or insanely <laughs> insanely skilled or fast or something. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, so you're so you went from a 501 miler freshman indoor to a 432 sophomore indoor. Sophomore yes. Indoor. So that's a 29 second increase. So you're starting the train is starting to move here. Uh, then you move into outdoor your sophomore year, and did that go? Did you continue that momentum in your sophomore outdoor campaign? Yeah, I'd say the outdoor season was definitely pretty good. Um, it was definitely more of a grind, though. Like, so I want—I want to say indoor season, we were pushing the regular runs more. I think I was still, still in the workout group below, like Chris and Xander and stuff. Okay. For like at least the longer stuff, you know, I would I would do four hundreds and two hundreds with them, which is the shorter stuff. Uh huh. So we get into outdoor, and I'm in the group with them. Although I took a little bit of time off because I was playing soccer. I was in Spain, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm still in pretty good shape, like. You know, I was definitely satisfied with my fitness, but the workouts just started. I just remember the workouts being an absolute grind. You know, we were doubling at dual meets and stuff. I was, I was definitely pretty tired, but it get it got me fit really fast, and I, you know, I ended up having a pretty good spring season overall. Do you have any notable PR from that year, like on, on the top of your head, or? You- yeah, I mean, I ran like, I ran four twenty seven in the mile at the okay. at the divisional meet, which was pretty good, but I. I had set my expectations a little too high for that season, yeah. and I mean, obviously, you're not gonna you're not gonna make two huge jumps over two seasons. Yeah. So five seconds was was something I was definitely happy about. Okay. Yeah. So you end your 4:27 miler, then entering your junior year. Yes. Um, and that's about the time. So so summer going into your junior year, you make a big decision about the fall. Talk me through that. In the long run. Like, you know, running-wise, probably not the greatest decision. But I had to chase glory with the with the <laughs> high school soccer team. I, it was something that I'd been looking forward to doing for a long time, playing soccer for the high school team. Yep. Even back in Winchester, I, I remember in eighth grade thinking, wow, I could easily play with those guys right now. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, you joined the the – the Concord Carlisle High School men's soccer team as a junior, you make varsity without, without a doubt. Um, and then you had a, you had a really good season. Do you remember your goals or assists? I mean, I think you had at least over 10 points that season. I think I had like, I think I had eight goals and one assist. Okay. So right around. And yeah, it was, it was a bumpy start though. I, I don't know if you remember, but we were at the, uh, we were at Jackson Kamenek's house for the McGregor Mayweather yeah, fight. Yeah. 
and we're playing. You know, the first three minutes we're there, we're we're playing barefoot soccer, and I I clip Blaze Seifer in 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 the back of his foot and just totally dislocate my pinky toe. So so you go to the hospital and then you're back within a few hours. To watch I had to fight. be back for that fight, man. I had to be back. So yeah. that sidelined you for the beginning of the season. For for all of preseason, and it was. I mean, it bothered me for the first few weeks at least. Like yeah. it was, it was there for for the first few weeks for sure yeah. i'd um, have to take advil you know i remember i i took like at least two advils before kicks for cancer because i was like <laughs> i need to play well tonight yeah so so the soccer team where we were coming off a first round exit against belmont at home which is the first time we lost at home in like 20 years or something and we had a decent roster but we only had four seniors so we were juniors we only had four seniors who who played really a big role on the team, which wasn't the biggest class. And to be fair, I mean, I don't think either of us were expecting to win a state championship that year. Was that in your head? or did, I mean, I mean, even when we made the playoffs, I remember uh, I think I was driving with Davis to the to the LS playoff game, and I was like, you know, Davis, we're playing pretty well right now, man. Like, how far do you think we can go? I'm thinking, like, you know, quarterfinal, semifinal, something like that. He's like, bro, what? I, I think we're going to win it all. Like, we're, we're winning the ship. And I'm like, Whoa, whoa. I don't know <laughs> yeah. about that. I mean, yeah. So I, that wasn't on either of our minds. I mean, I don't think all. so either. Um, but before we get into playoffs, you had, I mean, you had a pretty good year, though. Like we just said, you had around nine points. And I'd say your biggest game early in the season was Kicks for Cancer. <laughs> um, so for those who don't know, it's this huge community-wide event every – the end of September every year where – there's games throughout the day, and all proceeds go to cancer research. And it's not just the soccer. There's a dance the night before. There's now a run on the following day. And there's all these events, and it all goes to cancer research. Um, and so the the final game of the night is always Concord Carlisle versus Lincoln Sudbury under the lights. I made the team as a sophomore. We lost 4-0 sophomore year. Freshman year, I, I wasn't on the team, but we tied. And so junior year, we were looking for the win. Um, that didn't quite happen, but you did get on the score on the score sheet there. That must have been pretty epic. Yeah, I just remember the first 15, 20 minutes of that game. I was just I was excited to be starting because I think it was like my first or second. I think it was my first start because of my toe. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow, I'm playing terribly <laughs> right now. I don't think I've played any worse ever. I was just all over the place. I come off the – Pavlik takes me off the field. I come off and, and – and our coach Prado comes up to me like, "Hey, buddy, what are you doing? Like, just, just be yourself out there. Like, this, it's just a regular game." I'm like, yeah. "All right, yeah, okay." So I just get back in the game. It's getting a little bit better for the end of the second half, first half. Then we get in the second half. I'm like, "Okay, okay, this it's getting a bit better." And ball just bounces out to, out to the you know to the edge of the box. I just happen to be there, flick my foot at it. You know, next thing you know, it's going top right corner and yeah. Yeah, that was, and, it was pretty I mean, crazy. That, the crowd at that game is unbelievable. There's so many students. I mean, just to score and have all those kids witness you scoring must have been a pretty epic feeling. Yeah, I mean, my only regret was just not running out into the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I know with Academy, scoring against NYCFC or something like that is a much bigger feat than scoring against Lincoln Sudbury in high school soccer. But it the high school soccer is different in Academy. You get the you get the crowd. You get the school like spirit and all that stuff, and it – it must have just been probably one of the coolest goals you've ever scored. Yeah, I mean, like, it was it was totally different because, you know, for, during those, like, away academy games, even the home ones, like, 
you score a goal, it's kind of just for like your self pride. Yeah, and, the, uh, and all the like top the, the parents, parents are, are there. You know, the yeah. parents are there. Your teammates are there. Yeah. But like you know, I'm not thinking about my parents when I when I score for CC. It's more like you know, more for my team and for the fans. Which yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you score on kicks for cancer, and then you continue your goal scoring streak. You scored a lot of half volleys, so you earned the name Half Volenthal after your last name Arenthal, because you know half half volley plus Arenthal equals half volenthal. Um, but in all reals, you scored some absolute bangers that season, and then we just carried our momentum into the playoffs. And let's see. So you, I would say you, the first game of the playoffs, we're playing Central Catholic. And I remember one of the greatest moments is I thread a through ball to you. It might have been offside. I was 100% offside. <laughs> but I thread the through ball you around the keeper and score. And that was awesome. That started off our, our playoffs. And then the next game, I think, was it North Andover? Yeah, away. North Andover we, away. we were like the eighth seed, right? We were. And so they it was were pretty the bad. Seed. Yeah. So we take on North Andover one seed. And you again got on the score sheet there. Yeah, the, the final goal. <laughs> the final game in extra time, I think. I remember that. That was really awesome. So we, we ended up beating North Andover 4-0. Um, and then the next game is Belmont. I don't think you got on the score sheet that game, did you? No, nah, that, that was a scrappy game. Yeah, it was a yeah. very scrappy game. It was tough. And then we just keep going. And every game, I was like, oh, my gosh, could we do this? And we get to the <laughs> semifinals, and it's against Arlington. And the biggest, one of the biggest moments of the game is, or like parts of that game is that PK shootout at the oh, end. Oh, I mean that was that was the that was the game right there. Yeah, so it was it was a pretty stalemate game overall. Yeah, like, we go through extra yeah. time and then we get into PKs and your name was called. Were you? Do you remember walking up? How nervous were you? I mean, honestly, like the only thing I could do, I was very nervous. Oh yeah. So I was nervous the too. the only thing that I could really do is just tell myself you're going right. Just <laughs> don't. Like, do not care about anything anyone says or does. Just go right. It's a game of chance. So obviously, you know, I kind of, kind of fake it with my hips that I'm going left, and then I just, it's, it's all just about you know making steady contact with the ball. You yeah. don't want to shank it or anything. So yeah. I just passed it in, and I guess the yeah. goalie, the goalie took my, took my bait. Yeah. So you score. I mean, that's not a goal, but you, you did score PK. So. I guess what I'm trying to highlight is you had quite – I mean, in the biggest games, you showed up. In playoffs, you scored goals. In the biggest regular season games, you scored. So even though you, you could kind of tell your your efforts were shifting to track, you were still a very talented soccer player. Um, and I just wanted to ask you, at any point there, were you like, ooh, I want to, like, keep doing this? Could I play in college still? Maybe I could do track and soccer in college. Were you ever thinking that soccer could still play – um, a future um, after you, you had a lot of success with the soccer team? So um, it's an interesting question for sure. I definitely remember like when I was talking to a couple of the NESCAC schools for, for running, because I, I knew that I couldn't really play Division One soccer. Yeah. I th There was definitely a thought in my mind like, okay, I could probably, you know, get recruited for the track team and then – walk onto the soccer team because uh -huh. I still wasn't good enough to get recruited to any of those NESCAC schools, but yeah. it would, it would have still been really awesome. And I kind of get, went back and forth about it and eventually figured like, if I'm going to do running, I might as well just pursue it like fully. Yeah. yeah so yeah. to be the best runner I can be. So, yeah. um, yeah. okay. So just rewinding, I, I forgot to touch on, then we go to the finals. Um, we end up winning there. You did score a goal, but it was offsides. 
Um, yeah, and I mean, it, it should have been an assist, <laughs> but we don't need we don't need to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, you had a really successful year, and at, when we won that state championship, were you thinking? Were you thinking, oh, I want to do this again next year? Or oh yeah, a hundred percent. I okay. mean, the plan the plan was always to come back for the senior year as okay. well. And as we both know, that was not the case. So you win the state championship junior fall. Then let's go into your junior indoor and outdoor seasons. And I mean, we don't have to get all the nitty gritty details, but those both went well, and you continued your trajectory. Or um, no, it was it was a pretty pretty rough patch my junior year. Okay. Um, so I came, you know, I came from the from the high of the soccer season. I was just thinking, okay, we're just gonna get right back into it with with my boys on the running team. Yeah. Just start training full throttle, and so I I was just ripping runs after not being in good shape at all like soccer shape is just so different than running shape yeah, as yeah, you know yeah. Oh, yeah. you know you having done both yeah. so i'm just absolutely ripping runs with these kids who have been running hundreds of miles during the cross country uh cross country season you know dating back to june july of their summer training yeah. and honestly the first race was like end of january which is pretty early for the indoor season okay. for like the you know in yeah, the long yeah, term yeah, yeah, yeah and i ran 422 which was huge. I was like, holy crap. I That felt so easy. Uh-huh. I can't wait to just run way faster than that. And I actually only ended up improving by 0.5 seconds the rest of that season from January on, which is like, you know, the, the season before I went from a 438 guy to a 432 guy, yeah, even yeah. six seconds from January to February. That's like a few weeks. Yeah. And so I, I expected to do a lot better. Um, but the problem was that, you know, I, I rushed my training and I ended up coming down with an overuse injury in my posterior tib tibia, which is called, you know, posterior tibial syndrome. Okay. And that was, it was a really difficult time cause I took a pretty big break after, after nationals in March okay. where I, where I did not run well at all. Okay. So let's, let's touch on nationals then. That was your first national event that you ran. Yeah. At. I mean, we were really excited How to put you together. Would you... So we were really excited to put together a four by mile, okay. which was like our kind of our specialty since we had a lot of depth in, in yeah. distance running. And you have to average as as a quartet, you have to average 427.5 in the mile. Mm-hmm. And we hit that by a little bit and ended up going. And I think I ran, I think I split 428 and everyone else split 430s low. And I think Xander Kessler went out in like 61 and ended, ended up running like 440 or something. You can't really blame him. He was just trying to catch people. But yeah, it was it went, you know, just terribly to say the least. But it was an awesome experience. Yeah. So where was was that in North Carolina? No, that was in that was in New York City. New York City. Okay. Yeah. So that's your first like big time track meet though. Yes. Like junior March of your junior year running at nationals at the Armory track in New yep. York City. Okay. Um, all right. So you got it down to 421. 422. 422. Yep. Um, and then outdoor, how did that go? So after that, I just remember the the cool down after my race in New York. I was like, wow, something is not right. My left leg feels atrocious. Yeah. It was, it was just a pain. It was a constant pain. It wasn't anything like – it wasn't like a stress fracture where it just comes out of nowhere and it just, you know – yeah. You you just get a stress fracture. It was like it it was just constantly getting worse and I could kind of run on it, but it would just it felt extremely uncomfortable at sometimes. So 
after that, I took a I, actually I didn't I took a week off in March. Okay. Between indoor and outdoor because I was like, okay, I just ran a, a really bad race. I'm just gonna take a week off. You know, maybe ice my leg a lot. Hopefully, it's nothing. So I come back last week of March, first week of April, and I'm just hammering runs again, doing tempos, you know, stuff that I really shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. And then it comes, it comes back and worse this time. So I'm like, okay, something, something is definitely wrong. I go get it checked out, and it's posterior tibial syndrome. Uh-huh. So I was off, I was off the roads running for at least a month, I think. And I was, I was doing some alter G, which I was really lucky to do, which is an anti-gravity treadmill. Uh-huh. So I was running on like 75% body weight, doing some workouts there, obviously doing a lot in the pool, which is actually very depressing. Like honestly, <laughs> the pool is just where I felt alone all the time. It was, it was a pretty dark point in my, in my patch, career. Yeah. Yes. And the thing that made it even worse was like, I remember April break, I was doing all these college visits and I was like, okay, yeah, awesome. Like this is where I want to be this season, but I don't really have the times for these schools right now. Yeah. Like what I, like I need to do something about it and I can't because you know, I'm in the pool, I'm on the alter G. So I'm, so I'm just, I just, I was injured. I remember telling all the coaches like, this is what I want to run. This is what I think I can run, but I haven't done it yet. Mm -hmm. So it was really just all kind of like speculation as to where I could run. Um, and that there's, there's not really a sole blame for why I ended up getting that injury. But, you know, if I had built a base during the cross country season, I probably wouldn't have, you know, overworked myself indoors, yeah. but you, that, that was just, that was my decision. And yeah. I don't regret it. It just wasn't. So the how right did decision. you finish the season? I mean, you eventually were able to race, right? Yeah. I, I started racing in early mid May, which was like a, a month and a half after I stopped running. And I started by running 4.33. So I was like, okay, that was a pretty good race in my first race back. And then the next race I ran 4.28. So the first race I ran was the DCL Championships. Oh, wow. And then the second race. How did you get in? Oh, they have like like auto slots for each each event or something. Um, So the second race I ran was Divisionals where I got third uh within a 428 it wasn't it wasn't a really deep field you had ryan oosting took first mike griffin second and i got third maybe even fourth i don't even remember i think i might have been out kicked but i made to all states ran like 424 there which was pretty good you know trending in the right direction and then i was like okay i feel kind of fit this isn't this is not the best training i've ever had um so I'm going to do one more race, which was the a 1500 race at Bentley in Waltham. Yep. Battle Road meet, right? Yeah. And I ended up running. So I was trying to get the, the Emerging Elites qualifier for Nationals to try to do one more race because I was like, you know, I got to extend my season. I haven't really been training that long. Yeah. And I ran 403, which was a second off. When and does that I convert to for a mile? 422. Okay. So right so around was, your PR. Yeah, right around my PR. Not what, what I, you know, not what I was looking for, but pretty good considering the circumstances. So let's – Take a step back real quick. So junior year, that's when we start looking at colleges. Were you looking at D1 colleges from the start? Uh, yeah. I mean, mainly – I was mainly looking at D1 colleges, but there was a couple D3 schools. Did you have any, like, to. initial favorites or, or schools or like right away, like, dream school? Uh, yeah. I was I was always kind of eyeing uh, Georgetown because of their great distance program. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, okay, so you start to go through that recruiting process, and I'm sure at that time you started getting some letters, right? Yeah, something um, like that. And, yes, school started to give you attention. So that was it then for your junior year, right? You yep. finish at that battle road meet. Yes. Um, and then in the summer, you have a decent summer of training, right? And a highlight there was winning – um, winning a race in, in the Adirondacks <laughs> <laughs> um, that you run at every year. And then when did you – I mean, you had quite the decision about the fall to make. Um, when did that thought process go down, and how did you eventually reach your decision? I started thinking about it like in early – late May, early June because, um, I don't know, every, everyone was just asking me like – because there were just rumors going around like, is he going to play soccer? Is he going to run cross-country? Mainly on the soccer team and on the cross-country team. Yeah. And I made this. I made the decision kind of in April. Didn't really tell anyone because I, I remember walking into the office of one of the coaches that that I was visiting. You know, I was visiting their school, yeah. and I was like, "Yeah, so you know, I'm hoping to run this and that next year." And I was telling him that I played soccer in the fall, and the conversation ended with him saying, "If you're serious about the sport, you'll run cross country." So I was like. You know, okay, I I kind of have to do that now. So like that's that's what it would take in in my mind. So yeah, I made that decision kind of tentatively. Didn't tell anyone. Um, just kind of focused on my training and trying to get back on the track. Mm-hmm. And then I had I had a couple conversations with with McCabe and with Pavlik in you know late May, early June, and I didn't really tell many people. I mean, I told I told like the cross country guys like my. You know, yeah, Chris yeah. and Matt, I told them in like May okay. or late May, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm sure I told you pretty close to then, yeah. but I don't think I, I really, I kept pretty quiet about it even until school started. So. Yeah, because I mean, you had just come off with being one of the top point scorers on a soccer team that has 21 senior or 22 would, would have been with you, rising seniors, defending state champions, like the return we're returning two thirds of our starting roster in the finals. Like we had everything going for us um, on the soccer side of things. And now one of our top players is you're starting to hear speculation that he might not join. So, I mean, I know that the way the soccer team reacted and some of the coaches might not have been favorable for you. And I guess that's inherent at some level. And at some level though, I also think that maybe um, they were too harsh on you. Kind of take me through that real quick. Like, where, how did that go? Telling the soccer team, "Hey, listen, we had a great year. I know you guys look great for next year, but I, I, I'm just gonna have to make the best decision for me." I don't even think I really told anyone like that. I think I just kind of told a couple people, and it spread pretty fast. But yeah, it was definitely tough for you, right? A little bit, just kind of yeah. losing that brotherhood. Um, but you did have such a strong foundation with the cross with the track team, and most of those kids are doing cross country. So you already basically knew the whole cross country team. Yeah. Um. So senior cross country was your first season with cross country, and it ended on quite the high note. But before we get there, how how did the first season go running cross country? Was it weird your first race like oh, on grass? I think I got three hours of sleep before my first race. <laughs> I was just like I had never ran anything longer than the mile. I was so nervous for like a five k, and it was like. We went straight and oh, I was even. I think I had like a little bit of shin issues like a couple weeks before, so I I had sat out that first dual meet. Okay. So, but I mean, I was fine. I was as fit as I had ever been, and I hop in this Amherst Invitational, and the first mile we go, I go out to the front. I'm like, okay, I we, Chris and I got a terrible start. Matt got the start of dreams. Yeah. So you're like, all right, 
you know, crap, we got to get up there. We end up going through the first mile in like 450 or something. <laughs> so I was like, wow, this is fast. And we ended up like, you know, dying a bit. But I remember I found myself in like third place with like 800 to go. And I see my dad and he's yelling at me like he's, he's, he's yelling at me to start kicking. And I start kicking and I, I guess I went too early and like two people caught me. So Matt caught me. A kid named Gabe Medina caught me who are both very talented. And yeah. then Chaffin was like 0.1 seconds behind me. I, I outleaned him. But, I mean, yeah. you didn't have the worst first race, though. No, it was pretty good. I think I ended up running like 15.58. So, like, that was that was definitely solid for me seeing that time, especially with how nervous I was and, I mean, how hard I died at the end. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely yeah, yeah. A, a confidence booster, but also, like, a sign that I needed to get some more experience. So you win, you win the state championship with a soccer team, and then you come to cross country, and then you win the state championship with that team. I mean, you guys were weren't Wellesley the favorites, and you guys were kind of underdogs. And- yeah, we came we came in the season ranked seventh, but the those rankings were were drawn upon a roster that did not include me. You know, uh-huh. don't yeah, mean yeah. to pump my own tires, but <laughs> yeah. So I was kind of like. You know, we kind of just played the card that we were slept on all season. And I think the entire year until divisionals, or maybe even after divisionals. So we, we ended up winning the divisional meet, beating Wellesley, okay. which was kind of like our statement. We I think we beat them by like 12, 13 points, which was a good amount. Yeah. And I thought that we could have had an even better race. So we were ranked like second and third all season behind Wellesley sometimes, behind Lexington. So we were like, wow, these guys don't believe we're going to win. And you know it was, it was our coach Steve Lane's last season coaching. So we were like, like there's no way we're gonna lose this. Like we yeah, have yeah. to win it for him. Yeah. So we went into that all state meet. There was like four inches, four or five inches of snow on the ground, in in some parts, like in the field, in the woods bit. It was all slush and mud and everything. <laughs> and I think we went out pretty conservative. Uh, Matt Kleiman and I and Chaffin, we were all like. anywhere between 15th and 20th and we just all slowly moved up in Uh the woods and I just remember coming around the finish line in 5th place and I'm like holy crap because I thought I could get top 10 but I I didn't think I could get top 5 so I crossed (laughs) the line I'm not like I'm not even tired it was like it was so surreal it just kind of happened and then I turn around and I just see Matt Kleiman just coming right behind me in (laughs) 6th and I'm like oh my gosh we're going to do it and then Chaffin comes through in like 15th or 16th, something like that. Uh-huh. So like, okay, we got our first three guys in like the top 15. That's pretty crazy. And Chris, I think Chris was slacking a little that day. He's He doesn't run super well on snow. So he was probably back in like 30, 35th or something. Okay. And so everyone ended up coming through. We got our top five in. And I'm just like, wow, this is actually going to be closer than I thought. Who was and we the have, fifth? It was, was it William Crowns? Yeah, Will Crowns. Okay. So – or I think Will Crowns might have been fourth that day, and Chris was right behind him. Okay. But I remember there's this guy, Mike Mahone. Who, I don't know if you know Mike yeah. Mahone. Oh, I know. Yeah. So <laughs> he's he's at the finish line after everyone comes through, and he's like, it's too close to call. It's too <laughs> close to call. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's really close. So we just kind of huddle up. You know, everyone's kind of being super emotional. We go back to our, our little area, and – I don't even remember who broke the news, but someone's like, they did it. They did it. And we're just like, oh, my gosh. It was like, oh, man, I I get chills thinking about it now. It's like 
it was just crazy. It was a crazy day. We were all just hogging it out and stuff. And so your first season of cross country, you finished fifth overall in the state meet, and you lead your team to a state championship. Must have been yeah, awesome. How was yeah. it? Was it comparable with the soccer one? Was it right there with it? Like just as special, I, more special? No, nah, it was. It was more. It was really? more special. It meant a lot. I mean, like even just just kind of looking at it this way, like how how many titles does the soccer team have? Like eight, know, like, something like eight. Yeah, close to ten. Yeah, close to ten. Like this was the first one ever, and the closest first they had, one in history. Yes. Oh wow. You know they they have a banner in the gym with the cross country team with like a bunch of random years. Like, you know, most of them, they didn't even make the state meet. I don't really know why those years are up there. But uh-huh. um, I think our our best finish was, like, fourth or fifth, which was, like, the year before at the state meet. Yeah. So it was it was huge. I mean, we all, we all knew that we had the potential of doing that. But obviously it doesn't really – it feels surreal when it all comes together, you know? But yeah, that was a huge mark. Um, really, really notable there. But then you continued your season – Right. Yeah, so we ran at the at the Nike Regional Meet, which is in uh, New York, okay. um, and we kind of went into it like we were all pretty tired. It was a long season. We were just like, <laughs> okay, yeah, we we just won the we just won the state title. Like that's really all we care about. So let's just go out there and have fun. And I think Matt Kleiman and I were like, because there's, there's this thing called speed ratings, which is basically how you compare a performance on one course to another. Okay, and we were both right around like tenth, eleventh place. Uh, coming into it which doesn't it doesn't really mean much but we we should have kind of been around there so we were kind of like okay you know there's we were just trying to be optimistic there's an outside shot we could get one of those five individual spots something like that and um yeah so we get there i'm like wow this is the hardest course i've ever seen there's a, just a ginormous hill we both go up pretty conservative because that's kind of what you do with the hill yeah. at least in my opinion because the first half of the race is going up the mountain, uh-huh. and then the second half is coming down. So I go out in, like, like 25th, 26th place. I see McCabe, and she's like, you guys are doing great. Just start moving up. So I'm like, okay, I'm moving up. I see Will Chaffin right beside me, young Will Chaffin, <laughs> um, who, by the way, the next year ended up winning the regional meet, which is insane. Yeah. And we're just kind of moving up together. The only thing that's on my mind is like, okay, top 21 gets shirts. I got to get one of those shirts. (laughs) So I'm coming through and I'm like, okay, I'm starting to see a little bit less people in front of me. And I I pass a couple more guys on the last little woods bit. And there's at that point, I'm like a good four or five seconds behind whoever's in front of me. So I'm just like, okay, just hold on to your position. Just finish strong. And then someone comes up to me after the race. I think it was like James Boyle or something. He's like, you got sixth. And I'm like, no way did I get sixth. I was like, okay, I, I was probably more like, you know, ninth or 10th or something. But he's like, you got sixth place. Turns out I didn't actually get sixth. I got eighth. But it was still enough to get one of those individual spots because three people had qualified with their team. So take me through. What does that mean? You got one of the individual spots. So um, – for whoever qualifies for the national meet, there are five individual spots and two automatic team spots. Okay. Um, the so and basically, if you qualify with your team, you get taken out of that individual pool. Okay. So three people ahead of me, which was super lucky. Like, <laughs> you know, that's about as many as you're gonna get in terms of like if they qualify with their team. So there were three people ahead of me that qualified with their team. Two on the same team, one on another team. And so I just ended up getting that last individual spot. And I didn't feel as bad because the guy right behind me also made it with his team. So, 
yeah, it was it was pretty crazy, honestly. That's awesome. So you yeah. you make the Nike Cross Nationals meet in Portland, Oregon, and you're you're representing the Northeast. Was that that yeah. sounds right? Yeah. Um, and that just briefly talk about that experience. That must have been pretty crazy, and and talk about the race a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you're racing with the best of the best there. Yeah, it was. I mean, I I think I lost by like like 58 seconds or so. the first guy was 58 seconds ahead of me <laughs> who won the year was it N- liam anderson, anderson. yeah he broke the, he broke the course record that year and i think i went on like 90th i was going conservative because <laughs> i was like holy crap there are so many people here a lot of these kids are a lot faster than me like yeah. my confidence was not high going into that okay it was kind of also my first time running with such a big pack around me because even though like i wasn't you know one of the top couple guys in massachusetts i was still like i was still usually at the top of most races so this was the first time where I'm really just like, I have no idea where I am in the race right now. I'm just going to keep going forward. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to move up as best as I can. And in the end, like I definitely had a lot left. I had like I had a lot left in the last couple hundred meters, which you know I have a little bit of a regret for. But I guess that was like a pretty good experience, just being around so many people in a race. And I mean, the trip itself was a lot of fun and. Yeah, as and well, McCabe so. came out, Coach McCabe Yeah, came out and Lane year. came out as well. That's awesome. Yeah, so it was awesome. So what did you end up finishing? Uh, I ended up getting 69th, which okay. yeah, I mean, was pretty like, good. How many runners are in the race? Like 200. So it was like top third of the race, you know. Okay, yeah. I beat some individuals. I lost to so most of the individuals. So were you satisfied? I mean, I know you said you just had a little bit of regret. With you probably could have gone a little harder at the end. But at the end of the day, were you like, oh, okay, that's fine. I'll take it. Yeah, that. I mean, I was, I was satisfied with it. I wasn't, like, super pumped about it. I yeah. was just kind of, like – excited that it was over because it was such a great experience yeah yeah did making that meet so i mean as your senior year rolls around you still didn't necessarily have a solid view on what you were going to do for college did yeah qualifying did winning or winning states qualifying for that meet did that open new doors like yeah you i mean specific? both of those last couple of races like just opened up a, a bunch of new doors and yeah it was it was like it, you know, it it bumped me up a lot in terms of like recruiting status and stuff. Yeah. So and that you was still nice. you still didn't know though, like what exactly you wanted to. It was Georgetown still your favorite at that point? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely like it was definitely up there in like my top two or three. Okay. Um, and that was like the the bulk of my college search was December January. Okay. It, so, that was like the most stressful time. So you finished the cross country season in what November, right? Then, uh, December first. December, okay. And then yeah. that month and the the ensuing month, there it starts to get really intense for you. Yeah. I mean, at that point, I feel like a lot of kids have already committed to schools, and you're saying like, okay, I got to figure this out. Um, we all know what happened next. You ended up deciding to take a postgraduate year. Yeah. Um, how did that decision come out? Was it just because you still weren't like a hundred percent sure with what you wanted to do, or? Yeah, so I mean, I was already I knew I was kind of coming in pretty late in the recruiting process. So there was a couple of like a couple of the schools ended up just running out of spots because they only had a couple of spots left and yeah. And yeah, I mean, it just didn't really work out that way. And then there was a couple other schools which um uh I I didn't have like the I didn't have the the academic index or the you know the grades yeah. for which part of it was kind of my fault for for slipping up in the second quarter of school but there was just so much going on like running wise you know you had the divisional meet state meet you know regionals nationals um it's it's pretty hard i mean you know because you know what happened during the the soccer it's like soccer playoffs like that's all that's on your mind all the time you're just kind of sitting at home you know twitching thinking about that yeah yeah. it was it was very hard to focus on school during that process which was 
you know, obviously I, I regret, you know, not working as hard, but it was, it was pretty tough. So when did you start to think that maybe a postgraduate year would actually be the best option for you? I think it was like late January, early okay, February. So during your indoor season. Yeah. And how did that went well too? It, it did not actually, after the cross country season, um, I took a bit of time off and I was like, okay, this is this indoor season. I'm about to just run so fast. Like I want to run, you know, four fifteen in the mile, something like that. Maybe like nine fifteen in the two mile. So that I had big goals, and again, I kind of rushed into it, and I ended up getting something that was actually worse than the year before. I got compartment syndrome that in the in the spring of my senior year or winter of my senior year. Mm-hmm. So again, I I think I ran four twenty two as well that indoor season, okay. something like that. So I just it was it was pretty frustrating overall. Did you run in any big meets at the end of the indoor season? Yeah, I, we ran at at nationals again uh, in the four go? by mile. It went better. I think we ended up getting like twelfth or thirteenth. So that was pretty and what good. What did you split? Like four twenty four. It okay. it wasn't it wasn't anything great. I mean, so it my, wasn't my much. Leg it was an honest season. It was yeah. just a. No. I mean, like towards the end of January was when my compartment syndrome started flaring up, and what what would happen was. You know, I'd just be out on an easy run, right? Yeah. And 10 or 15 minutes in, my whole left lower leg would just start to tense up and just get worse and worse with every step until I I felt like it was going to fall off or something. So it was was pretty bad. Yeah. And so I I had to take, like, it was pretty similar to the year before, actually. I took, like, a month off. I mean, I was smarter than the year before. I took a month off just pool running, just – rehabbing it as best as possible because compartment syndrome isn't really something that goes away easily mm-hmm. and a lot of people just end up getting surgery on it and obviously that was like the the last thing I wanted to do so I did a little bit of you know hip strengthening like, like overall just general strengthening around my legs because that's what the problem was like it was just kind of my gait mm-hmm. uh, my running form so I did a little bit of you know work on that and I tried coming back for the outdoor season and I, I came back way smarter than the year before. I was doing a lot more pool running a lot better. And I came back earlier. I actually came back like late April. Okay. So I think my first race back, I ran like 431, 432, not really expecting much. And then the next race I ran like 423 out of nowhere. So I'm like, whoa, I'm pretty fit right now. I haven't really done many workouts. Didn't you run a two mile too at DCL championships? Oh yeah. It it went pretty terribly. Cause I was, uh, I was doing like, I was doing like 20 miles a week. Cause that's really yeah. all I could do with my compartment syndrome. I was seeing, I was seeing a PT guy at least once a week. Uh-huh. He was doing a lot of work on my leg. And it, that was kind of just like, this is basically my junior season again, because I'm doing a post-grad year. So yeah, just do the best as I was just trying to do the best as as I could to just kind of keep me fresh. Yeah, and you know, doing I was only running like four miles a, or four days a week, and three of those were workouts or races. So there wasn't yeah. there wasn't really easy running. It was mostly just biking and in the pool, which was really tough. Again, but had to do what I had to do. And a couple weeks after that, four twenty three, I ended up running like four nineteen under four twenty for the first time. Which was a big jump for what me. What meet was that? Was that that was at divisionals? Divisionals, okay. Yeah, so I was like, okay, okay, we're getting somewhere. And then the state meet didn't go well. I I got like fifth or sixth, which was not bad. Uh-huh. I think I ran four twenty flat. Was that the night of all night live? Like so it was. You missed graduation because yes. you had this. It was the day meet. of graduation, so it was okay. a big meet. I mean, I guess it went well. 
uh, considering what like how the race went. It went out pretty slow, mm-hmm. but I didn't. You know, I thought I was going to get a big PR. I didn't end up getting that. My teammate ended up having the race of his life. Well, he thought it was the race of his life at yeah, that yeah. point. We'll, we'll get, we'll get, there. yeah, we'll get there, we'll get there. But he, so he won the state championship, which was awesome. I was, I got to, to, I got the pleasure of watching that from the back, which was <laughs> nice. But uh, so yeah, after that, I was a, a little bit uh, disappointed on, in how that went. Okay, and I just figured, okay. I'll give it one more shot. I'll try. I'll run. I'll run one more race at Battle Road, and I convinced my teammate Matt Kleiman to do it with me as well. Because at, at first he wasn't going to, or he was maybe just going to pace me or something. So I convinced him to race it, and so we're both going into it. We don't really care that this much. This is an open meet at, at Bentley yeah. College in Waltham. Yeah, I mean the the week in preparation, we hadn't been eating well, we hadn't been sleeping well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we we weren't really mentally ready for that in a way um but we just kind of went in with the goal to have fun and matt ended up just going out with the top pack and he ran like 350 in the 1500 which which, which is like a 408 mile which was like eight second pr like huge race for him and i was you know I, i looked like i was struggling in the back but I ended up struggling my way to like a three second PR. I ran 357 in the 1500, which converts to like a 416. Wow. So that would have been your. So it was. Oh, yeah. Your NMH coach was there too. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was. It was a great day overall. And then later that night, slash the next day, we made the the, the decision to just, you know, send it to nationals because we had both qualified for the, for the, um, the championship race Mm -hmm. in that, in that race. So like okay, let's just let's do it. You know, this these are this is our senior years. Let's just have fun. Go down there. We weren't in school anymore, so we were just kind of chilling. Yeah. So we go down to Greensboro, in the ninety degree heat. It's like sixty percent humidity, so it feels like ninety five. It's even hotter on the track. I ran, I run like four eighteen, in that heat, which was a really good race. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting like twelfth overall. Okay. And then Matt ran like four fifteen and got eighth overall. So considering the the conditions, those were also pretty good races. So, so. you ended the season, your outdoor yeah. senior season, pretty well. Yeah, definitely, um, like a lot better than I expected. And I just wanted to touch briefly before we get into your PG real quick um, about kind of again just reiterating what you chose NMH because I mean you kind of were late to the recruiting process and not doing cross country till senior year kind of helped that and you. You really just didn't have a one school in mind that just would work out for you. I mean, were you reluctant to to make that take that step? Or? Yeah, de- I mean, definitely. I also felt like there was another step that I needed to take before college, like in terms of like work ethic in school. Yeah. Um, I f- I felt like I was you know overall pretty lazy in high in high school at Concord Carlisle with my with my workload. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that a change of scenery and and more of like a collegiate environment, you know, living in dorms at boarding school would be a much, a much better step to take versus just going straight to college. Yeah. So that was also a part of it. It was an all running, which it ended up like paying off a lot yeah. because I'm a much better student than I was. Yeah. Now. We know, I mean, we know how it ended with your commitment to Cornell. Um, senior year of high school was, were you talking to Cornell? Yeah, I was. And so, yeah, what happened with them was that, uh, I didn't really have the level in the fall. Mm-hmm. So, and they took like eight guys in the early decision process, so they had like no spots left. Okay. 
So it was it was kind of like a gap year, PG year type thing. Yeah, and you kept talking to them, and when you went to yeah. MH, they were enthusiastic, and they were like, all right, we'll talk again, and, yeah, and for just sure. continue talking. So senior, after you graduate, you had a good summer of training. Yeah, it was a great summer of training. And then you go to NMH, and we'll try to keep this brief, but just kind of sum up your year. And, I mean, I know it ended early because of the coronavirus pandemic, but you raced really well in cross country, right? How did that go, and how did just a year away go? Yeah, I mean, cross country was like – the I was in the best shape of my life. I was coming off summer training where I was still being really cautious with my with my leg, my compartment syndrome that I wasn't really sure if it was gone or not, and I, yeah. I'm still not even sure. But you know, we're just I'm just doing everything I can to to injury prevent. But uh, so I'm coming off a great summer training, some great early workouts at NMH, and I ended up running like 15:07 in the 5K in a cross country race, and PR? there was like yeah, oh huge PR. My PR before that was like. 1552 or something so it was it was a huge pr the race was great the training was going great i was i ran like 1519 as well and like 1525 another day Mm -hmm. so the the running was going great i was just having fun with it i would didn't really need to you know impress anybody because i had already committed to cornell so so yeah so when did you commit to cornell so i've they were my the first visit i went on in september the first weekend or the second weekend i was at nmh so i leave campus and I go, and I just have an absolute blast. And right when I got, you know, got home from the flight, I was like, okay, I I want to go there. So I told the coach the next day, and that was pretty much it. And then he, I mean, so how did the did he have to give you like an academic read? Like, did he read your academic profile? Yeah, I mean, they they usually read it over the like before you visit. So did he look? He only looked at your high school portfolio. Yeah. Okay, and that was and that. Was well, yeah, I mean, I had a pretty strong senior spring. Yeah. While everyone else was slacking, I was <laughs> I was putting in a little bit of work, so it was good, yeah. So Cornell worked out, you commit, that must have been awesome. And then how did the rest of your running at NMH go? Yeah, it was so they don't actually have a, a winter season because um there's not really many uh indoor tracks around western mass. So I was training on my own and it was like so I was coming off the best shape of my life in cross country. So I was mainly thinking like, okay, we're gonna use the indoor season to just kinda chill out and folks on a big outdoor season. I didn't really have many goals in mind because it was kind of like a year in between high school and and college. So, yeah, like I said, I was training on my own, working out on my own, not really running that much. Because, I mean, you were the top dog in your team. There was no one who was on your level, per se. Yeah, and, I mean, even that, like, they were they were all still great to run with. Like, yeah, easy I'm sure runs. great like, guys, with but me. you didn't have, like, a true running partner like you did at CCHS. I mean, I had a bit of one. There was there was a kid who was pretty good named Louis Salz who ran, okay. who's like a 430 miler. So okay. he, he was good. Um, but yeah, I was doing workouts on my own running like 35, 38 miles a week, something like that. Okay. Not really expecting to be in great shape. Um, obviously it's, it's cold up there we we're not really meeting for practice. So it was overall pretty hard to get out the door sometimes, mm-hmm. but First, the first race I run, I'm kind of expecting to run around 420. Cause this, you, so you don't have an indoor track, so you're going to open. Yeah, right? okay. No, actually, this is, the first race I ran was a 3K on a flat track, and I ran like 844, which was – it converted to a PR in the two-mile. Okay. So that was good. And then the second race, which was like the first mile I was running, I had done like no speed work. I wasn't really expecting much at all. I was expecting to maybe run like around 420. I knew I was in decent shape but not mile shape. And I just kind of went out there conservative and surprised myself, won the heat of the race at BU and ran 4.15, which was huge. That's a PR for you. Yeah, a PR in the middle of 
you know, random training. So, so things are looking pretty good for an outdoor season that never came to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we all know how it happened. The coronavirus pandemic, um, you know, just kind of came into our lives and it, it snapped your NMH career short, but through that training you were, and through that extra year, you're able to seal that commitment to Cornell. Um, you had a really successful 1507 PR and cross country. And then you run this 14, 415 mile. So it was a successful year for you overall. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so now we're recording this June 26, 2020. You're in your summer before Cornell. Um, and are you following a Cornell plan now? I am. And it's it's going pretty well right now. I'm just kind of running easy mileage, trying to get used to it a little bit. Going into like running the 8K in college cross country, which is going to be a big jump from the 5K. So yeah. I'm trying to do like something around 55 to 60 miles in a week at my peak this summer, which will be like 15 to 20 miles more than I've ever done consistently in a, in a summer's training or even in a season. But yeah. I think that if I, you know, if I stay pretty patient, then my body can definitely handle it. So, yeah. So it's Ivy league division one. Are you intimidated by that at all? Or you think you you're ready to just start eating up up, up there? No, I'm, I'm definitely intimidated. Like there's a lot of talent on the team. There's a lot of talent in the league. Um, and, but I kind of, I'm kind of embracing that because I, I kind of miss the feeling of, you know, being that freshman on the team where the responsibilities aren't super high to perform at, at a certain level. So I just kind of want to go in there and, and be humbled a little bit and work hard. And hopefully I get spit out the other side with some pretty fast times. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what would you say you're most excited for about, about Cornell? Cause I mean, it's a R great like running wise or just in general about college. I mean, I, I'm just excited just for the, for the freedom and also just kind of to, do stuff on my own like even at at nmh there would be like study hall every night and and responsibilities on the side uh -huh. i'm just kind of excited to just run and be a student at the same time and and do it kind of on my own time yeah. in a way do you have any goals for your first year at cornell any times that you have in mind or just to work hard and run well yeah there's there's not really any times i feel like this is this year has been the first year like full year where i haven't been injured in in a in a running season uh -huh. other than sophomore year but it doesn't really count because i didn't run cross country so i kind of want to carry that over and and stay healthy i know a lot of people get injured their freshman years of college in in any sport but in particular running mm -hmm. so as long as i stay healthy and i'm working hard i feel like you know anything's possible in terms of times i don't really want to set any any goals so okay. yeah all right. Um, and then, I mean, by the end of your career at Cornell, is there something in mind? I mean, I know we had a conversation, a candid conversation the other day about, I mean, what you want to do maybe by the end of your career. I mean, are you looking, I mean, I know this is a long way away, but are you looking at a potential Ivy League crown? Is that something you have in mind? Uh, no, I mean, I def I'm definitely not really thinking about that. I'm more thinking like for for cross country, something really cool would be to you know, qualify for, for the NCAA championship meet with the team. Okay. I think we have like a really young team right now that I'm coming into. Mm -hmm. So I think it's definitely possible over the next couple of years, hopefully. And with that, hopefully be able to qualify for like an individual NCAA championship on the track. And I don't know, like if I'm, if I'm dreaming really big, I I'd love to, be able to call myself an NCAA All-American someday, but that's that's obviously very hard, and yeah, well, and it's going to take a lot of work. Definitely shown uh, your potential there. 
Um, okay, so yeah, you're shooting big, Cornell. You're gonna. It's an awesome school, awesome team. That's just. I mean, I'm glad it really worked out for you. Um, we're gonna wrap up with two things here. The first, just overall, what do you think made you a successful runner? Because Ivy League runners, I mean, it's it's one of the best leagues in the country for running, and you're going to. Uh, Cornell, which is a great team as well. So obviously you've done something right. What do you think has made you a successful runner? Well, I think there's kind of two things for me, like one one piece of advice for for myself that I, I listened to was to run smart, not hard. Sophomore, junior year, I kind of, and even senior year, I kind of ran myself into the ground by just trying to run hard and not smart. Yeah. And now I'm kind of enjoying my easy runs and recovery runs more than i used to be mm-hmm. so that that's definitely a big thing also an- another thing that that's definitely necessary is like at first i didn't really you know i re- didn't really love to run it w- it was kind of like an acquired trait for me that took a few years or a couple years so definitely try to like enjoy running as much as possible and it's kind of it's 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 going to be really hard to perform well in running if you don't love it so yeah so you gotta love it, and I, I mean, I guess you kind of just touched on my final question: would be tips for young runners, young runners out there who someday want to run collegially. Any other? I know, like I said, you just touched on it briefly, but any big tips for young runners out there? Yeah, I think it's it's really easy to get caught up with all the numbers, you know, all the all all of the times and all the splits and that and that stuff, and even the mileage. But you really just gotta make sure you focus on yourself and not really think about anyone else, because even during like the recruiting process, you can compare yourself as much as you want to these other runners who are getting, you know, offers from all these great schools. But at the end of the day, like the the thing that you have to focus on is yourself and you don't know what's going on in their, in their running careers and stuff. So you just have to be able to control what you can control and be, and be satisfied with that. Okay. All right. Well, you have just heard the scoop from the Cornell cross-country track and field commit, Alex Arenthal. It's definitely been quite the unorthodox journey, as I said at the beginning. Um, I hope you enjoyed learning about Alex, his journey with both soccer and track, um, and definitely just goes to show that it's not always a straight upward sloping line um, of improvement. I mean, there's there's all these different things going on and, and I think this just humanizes that whole process. So thanks again, Alex, for being on the show. Um, any last words? Uh, just thank you very much for having me. It was, it was a pleasure talking about this with you. Yeah, of course. This is, like I said, the first episode of the Seifer Scoop podcast. This has been Blaze Seifer, your host, and Alex Arenthal, your guest. I'll see you soon.